Welcome everyone to our three-year anniversary Woo! of the Freddie and Alyssa show. We are going to start off with our sponsor today. Yes, today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Now offering a variety of easy-to-follow meal plans for every lifestyle like keto, plant-powered, and more. I even looked too, and they had carb conscious, which I think you were looking at when we were picking it. Yes. And I want to do the balanced living. And I think you've kind of talked me into it because there's times that I've done keto, paleo, or like the low carb, um, which I think might like to mix that in would be good. Sure. But I think the balanced living is what I've been looking for my entire life. (laughs) Um, You uh, can prepare these meals in 20, 30 minutes, and they give you all the ingredients, which I really like because me going to the grocery store is just a huge Hot task. Express. <laughs> so I like that it'll all be here and then Florida Fry can take his cooking to the next level. So I'm excited. We were looking through them and I think the first thing I'm going to try is the uh, Cuban chicken. Chimichurri. Yeah, that sounds oh, good. That sounds so good. I also looked the lemon butter tilapia. Okay. And there was like a chicken with peanut sauce. You know, I love peanut sauce. So I can't wait to get those. And you're more the chef than I am. So you can kind of like guide me through it. Yeah. Oversee it. Greenchef.com if you guys want to check them out. We're going to start the healthy living. And uh, well, it's summer, but it'll be nice <laughs> to have some good meals. Because even if you order healthy food from like like a restaurant, it still seems like it's cooked in butter and oil. Of and course. you still feel locked up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to some fresh meals mixed in for the balanced living. So keep an eye out on our stories. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what uh, Florida Fred's going to cook <laughs> up uh, with, with the help of Green Chef. So thank you, Green Chef, uh, for sponsoring this episode. This is a big episode for us. It's a huge episode for us, babe. It doesn't feel like it's been three years How? since we've started this. How? I don't know. I'm really happy that you pushed us to get started in 2017. I think it kind of gave us um, a little advantage in the sense of, like, I hate feeling like the person who's jumping on the bandwagon. Right. I really love that we got started before it got really popular to have a podcast, and we kind of work through our kinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we used to go live in the living room, and then we did audio <laughs> for a little bit. And then so I feel like we've done this in a bunch of seasons, but I think the most rewarding thing is... And this is something that people who who post content on Instagram or or other platforms, which is amazing. We still build a solid foundation, um, but there's something about having conversation, deep conversation, that allows you to connect with an audience on a deeper level. And the community that we're building and the comments that we're getting, like people really know us. I have, I would even bet to say that a lot of our supporters over the years who have tuned in even 50% of the time probably know us better than some of the closest people in our life because you know how you kind of catch up with friends every like six months or something or if there's someone you're texting but we're having like deep honest conversations that people are in on so i think that's been the most rewarding thing for me is the connection with all of you so i want to thank you for for going on this journey we're just getting started i think podcasting is going to be around forever and like we said in our last episode i look at this as a video diary Uh so on a selfish level i also like putting it out there because it's saved forever and we can always look back at the journey and what a year to have put up so many podcasts because it was probably the craziest year in our lives. I hope there's this is the craziest year. And that <laughs> le, le, we, we want the we want the world to heal and open up, and yeah. we all like sing and dance in the streets together, and everyone's sure. happy. And um, so hopefully we can we can move forward. But uh, let me just do let me just do the opening real quick. Do so, the opening, baby. And, um, Cue it up. And so welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa show, episode one seventy five, our three year anniversary. If you are on YouTube, subscribe, <laughs> like, follow, Facebook. Uh, you got this, babe. Follow um, three years. Isn't it weird? I can't do it unless it's 
word exactly. perfect. Exactly, yeah. Welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube stuff. If you're watching on Facebook, follow. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes, hello out there. If you think we deserve a five-star review, we'd love to get one of those. We've been putting up content now for almost four years. Woo. And we couldn't do it without all of you. So thank you for your support. It's just burned in now. Do you know what's very crazy? I don't think I've ever once done an opening. I think I've years. been crushing it and we just left it to oh. me. Would you like to try an opening? No, I would not. Maybe on, maybe on the 176th episode. You heard it here. <laughs> and, I, and people are going to be, we're going to be really tough on you. Oh, gosh. Well, that's what makes me nervous. That's what you we would have think, to do. though, I've heard it 175 times. I think I might be able, you could like maybe pass the baton. Maybe I'll pass it right back. We actually, at one point, do you remember we used to go, um, like, today we have uh, we have Camila Banus on the show, and this is the Freddie and, and Alyssa Alyssa's show. And then we there'd be like a thing, and then we'd come back into it. We tried to do it more that way. Do you remember, too, our very first music opening that we used? We've got some fresh talent you ain't never heard before. One, two, three, listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used that for probably like 40 episodes, maybe, maybe 50. Wow. Yeah, if y'all go back to the very first, you know, couple, handful of episodes. Well, here's here's a little behind the scenes. And, and this is, you know, as much as, you know, we're learning a lot about podcasting and content online, there's still a lot of legalities, um, copyright issues. Um, and there's also just like a... You know, when you build this book of business, you become very protective because every single minute, every single hour, all the, the book of business is what is super valuable. Mm -hmm. Because that's the difference if someone starts a new YouTube channel and you only have three videos. If someone finds one of those videos interesting, they can only spend an hour on your, your website. Our YouTube, I think we have so much content at this point that I don't think anyone could just find us today and watch it all. No. So, but, but huh. that, but, but, um, it's, it's kind of like Netflix. Like you wouldn't continue to subscribe for $15 a month to Netflix if you watched the four movies on there. Right. Netflix has so much that you feel it's valuable. Sure. So my whole point to this is that we're really, um, picky on music that we pick, things that we talk about because we don't ever want to create any sort of, um, like copyright issue or anything. So there were times I was pulling music and even that one, I knew I got it off a site that was royalty free, meaning that we could use it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, if we keep using this and that license runs out in two years and then they copyright strike every one of our episodes, mm. what then your whole book of business would be demonetized. Oh so I was always picky. So as we got bigger and we actually started to build a business out of this, I didn't want to risk any music running out of royalty free in the licensing. So I never put music on the YouTube or Facebook portion. So that's why you changed the opening. Yes. So just the end, we'll do a little like 10 seconds, which isn't a big deal. But right. at the beginning of the video, if it has a lot in there, because even in our, when I, um, our engagement video, um, we got flagged um, for a portion of the music. And YouTube has implemented a new system. That's why I love YouTube where you can edit out without losing your video, the music that was copywritten. So it made the video seem a little strange because in the middle, Only it like- you though, probably. I mean, it's kind of bad. <laughs> but we great. didn't have to take it down because that video has like 80,000 views. It's, you know, it's generating income. And it, I, luckily, but I think back in the day before YouTube became what it is, like maybe even like five, 10 years ago, if there was an issue, the whole video had to be- Taken, taken down. down. So you'd lose everything that you built. So I've just been extremely picky because we don't have like a legal team. I don't have expertise and all of that. So I keep it very simple. I go, yeah. as long as we have original content and that we're not using anything like copywritten and all the music, we're very, very, you know. Yeah. But I, my whole point is I don't mind 
taking a risk if you and I go to the pumpkin patch and I put music and then God forbid in two years, they're like, you know, you, you have to take that video down. It's one video. Yeah. It's a disaster if I put the opening on every podcast and then in two years. So then every podcast we've done needs to be removed. So that's why I don't put music with our podcast. But if a vlog, if you end up having to take it down in two years, it's one video, not your entire book of business. So that's the behind the scenes of that. Got that. Well, what's interesting is we had a copyright issue um, on Facebook, which is obviously different than YouTube, on our wedding video. On There was music in it that you said you actually know you purchased from a royalty website, but yeah. it still flagged it. Well, and- it was fine on YouTube because we owned it, and they flagged it, and we lost thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> Only us. By a mistake. <laughs> and I wrote in, and they go, um, and they're like, it's going to take like seven to ten days. I'm like... It's getting 150,000 views a day. The, the wedding video got like 1.2 million views. <laughs> There's no monetization on it. Our first... Big viral on Facebook. And, and we planned the whole wedding knowing that that there's a potential yeah. of a virality on a wedding video, especially during these times. We just thought like this is going to be great. So going into it, we had hopes that we could clear a million because this could be a great start. A million views. A million views. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah, a million views because it could it could really set us up great for the year, give us some cash to be able to like, you know, put because we put most of it back into the business because yeah. we want to continue to grow, and um and to our belief, we we opened up the next day and it was starting to go viral and then it was flagged so there was no monetization so. Um, but you own that music. Yeah, but so there's nothing we could do. And, but here's the thing, even if they allow it today, it stopped. I mean, right. people are still going to trickle in, but it's not going viral anymore. It right. only went viral for the 10 days. Um, there is no way to recoup that because the whole point of how you make money on the video is that there would be an advertiser like Coca-Cola, for an example, mm-hmm. would have chimed in one minute into our wedding video. And when the viewer sees that, that counts as a paid you know, ad. Yeah. But there was no ads because Facebook goes, this is a copywritten song. So for the whole time... There was no ads to be run. So even if it was a mistake, all you can get is a sorry for your inconvenience. It wasn't like they they, they don't owe me the money. There was no advertisers who ran. Yeah. So we just missed out on the first million viewed video in four years of posting. That's like really big money, like thousands of dollars. Oh, um, so that was an interesting way to start the year. Um, but we had the royalty free music, but it was just a mistake. And I don't give them too much crap on it because there is a billion videos being uploaded every day. There's a lot of things that they have to, you know, the algorithms can only catch so many things. Yeah, of course. And, um, and they even gave me a warning at some point, but I was just like so in the mode. They were like, oh, this song, is it copywritten? And I was like, no because we owned it, but right. I think I chose the wrong thing, but it was our, the day after our wedding, everyone was, call, you know, like we were enjoying the day and we were watching the views go up. I was like, we're like, this is so cool. Yeah. And I didn't look into it enough. So it was my fault, but, um, but I forget why we even talked about that. Well, yeah. you know, what's funny speaking about Facebook and our wedding. Um, so my parents came over last weekend and it was really cool. We had like this great seafood, um, night and at the very end of the night, my dad and I had our father daughter dance that obviously we wanted to do at the wedding, but due to the circumstances, he couldn't do it cause he was in New Jersey. I was in Orlando, Florida. So we did it virtually and we always said, we're going to get that dance. And we finally got it last weekend. So my mom is recording like this great video of my dad and I, like we're just really in the moment feeling it. Our song is unforgettable. 
And we've always sang that to each other growing up. So we're sitting here dancing. She's recording. She goes, oh, I can't wait to post this to Facebook, you know, because so many people were, you know, on this journey with us and saw the virtual video and the virtual dance and everyone wanted to see the actual real one. So my mom's so excited. She posts it. And all of a sudden, all the comments come in and they're like, there's no sound. There's no sound. Where's the music? And Facebook flagged it because... Well, she, yeah, she doesn't own Unforgettable. No, no, she does not own Unforgettable. So it's just funny how that kind of stuff works because music is it's very well, interesting and, on and Facebook. I think it's, and I think, it, I think the owner of the music or of the copyrighted content has an option to pick. Uh-huh. And even we do. So we can look like if somebody like ripped one of our podcasts and re-uploaded it on their website, we would get notified because the algorithm picked up that a duplicate. So our clips channel, I get notified because the algorithm picks up that this has been reposted mm. a portion of it. And I can either let it go, which I am because it's our thing, right. or I can flag report or there's all these options. So there's a lot of companies um, who own songs that can that can look on YouTube anyway and mm-hmm. go, oh, this is in their wedding video. They're getting a lot of views and I'm not getting paid. I want my song out or I want to be the one in charge of the monetization. So I believe they still do this where they don't flag you, copyright strike you or nothing happens, but the ads that run on your video with their music, their company and monetization structure gets paid, not you but you're allowed to keep your song up there and millions of people can watch it, but the person who owns the song that's in it for 30 seconds is getting all the revenue, not us the creative. Or they can strike it and mute it like they did on Facebook. Yeah. So I don't know Facebook's back end, to be honest. I've spent more time on YouTube. But there's this for anyone who's you know curious. I know this is like all the nerdy stuff that I like, yeah. but it, that's a learning experience of like all the ins and outs of how you also have to be careful because if you get three copyright strikes, they, they uh, suspend your account. Oh, that's scary. I look at it as like, imagine if somebody, you know, took a clip from our podcast and played like a minute clip. Yeah. Um, and it was getting all these views. I look at it as we're getting free advertising. If someone's going to take a clip from our podcast and put it on yeah. like their news show or whatever sure. it may be, I look at it as free advertisement. But if they did take like a 10 minute clip and we're just playing it on their channel, then it just seems like you're just making money off of our work. So I think it's the same thing with music is that there's some, there's some music that you can get away with for 15 seconds Mm -hmm. and they probably feel the same way. Or you can, you know, even do um, little clips that nothing will be picked up and people let go. Like if we all of a sudden cut to um, Kevin McAllister going, "Ah!" that's not ours. But if you do three seconds of it, I guess no one flags it. So it's vi- so anytime you research any of it, everyone basically says, you know, it's it's then again, if you get 1700 views or 20,000 views, people probably don't care. If it right. becomes a 22 million viewed video and someone makes $400,000 on it and the people who own <gasps> might huh. want it. <laughs> so it's sense. just it you you kind of live in fear doing this is the whole <laughs> point. You don't know what's right or what's wrong. You, you, you're you're just very and, and we're all not big enough and that's why we've been trying to get to a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube because you then get a YouTube um, admin mm-hmm. and it would be so nice to talk to somebody at YouTube to go hey yeah we've hit the hundred K now we qualify to speak to somebody right. at YouTube so that we can make sure that this is good so that was always one of our goals I was like I just want to get to 100k so that we can kind of get that safety net of 
having someone in YouTube for God forbid if anything goes wrong. Right. So that was one of the biggest reasons that we're just we're like hustling towards that 100K because I'm like, I just want to get that, that contact. Well, it'd be nice though because sometimes even with Facebook, you have all these questions all the time and there's really no one there that you can reach out to. You, you are if, you, if you're a big creator. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're not. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, I'm sure there's people and lawyers and teams. I mean, there's a lot of people in the political sphere too that are just battling with these companies 24 seven oh, yeah. because they're being because you have these big personalities and you have 20,000 angry people reporting those videos, and so it's just this huge mess. They're probably spending so much time on these on these things. That's why we just keep it, you know, friendly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it's also kind of. It's kind of crappy too, though, that there's a lot of things that I feel like I want to touch on, but we're at a position where we can't afford to, you know, risk being demonetized or suspended because we have no one to talk to, to be able to do that. So we have to stay within, like, not even like on the line, like we stay so straight. That's why we cut out the swearing. Like, we're like, we just don't want anything that's going to, so it, it does keep us in a box a little bit, but that's why once we get bigger and we have more connections, you can speak more freely because you have help. And didn't you say too that there were like a bunch of, um, I want to say it was political YouTubers that all got their stuff taken down like last year, obviously when we were in the um, thick of it. No, I mean, it, it's... it's. Um, I thought they took them off of YouTube. I don't, I don't think people lost it. They, they battled and people got to keep their YouTubes, but, but, the, um, but it's, they, they get demonetized. So these, these are creators that are making, so, so for instance, for the audience to know, depending on your content, um, if you get a, if, if you do a million views on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, that would be about, let's see, hold on one second. Uh, let's see, five, 50, 500, 5,000. So I would say on average, anyone who, who does a million views on YouTube will make after everything about five to $7,000. Uh, per million views. Some creators who are in the finance or real estate or in makeup, they do $30,000 per million because of what they're talking about and different advertisers Mm -hmm. um, come up on that. Um, Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Um, And so if you have these big accounts that are putting up a video every day and they are getting 800,000, 1.2 million, 500,000 every day, that is five to $10,000 a day that is being demonetized. So a lot of these people then just use the platform since they won't allow advertising or advertisers won't mess with them or they're demonetized. That's why they do a separate um, website, which is like a Patreon or they build their own website where people basically say, hey, we're gonna use this platform as a net to, to, to share this, but then come over to our company and spend $10, $20 a month to get full access to right. everything. So people are trying to build that out, but that's that's what's going on in the whole um, content world right now. Is, is how do you, how do you, how do you, who's responsible for the misinformation, and who sets those guidelines? Because you know, if you even want to use the vaccine as an example, there are doctors, doctors, yeah, who are saying that everyone needs to get this vaccine. Pregnant women, everybody, it's fine. Then there's other doctors who are like, no. Right. And someone has to make a decision on content, even though, so you're going to say these 10,000 doctors who say don't get the vaccine just aren't valid? 
why, why are those 10,000 doctors not valid if they go against the grain of the most of them? So these content platforms are trying to figure out, well, mm. what's misinformation, what's dangerous, but then who decides that? And then if you let people just have no checks and balances, then people can create fake articles. Like even my mom was, was sharing with me, and she kept on telling me a specific thing that she kept seeing. And I said, well, where did you see that at? And she was saying like all these things. I go, but what platform? She goes, Facebook. And I go, the algorithm knows that, that you are spending time on these videos and these articles. Mm -hmm. And the algorithm is picking up that Renee likes this. She's spending time reading it. Put more of this in front of Renee. Yeah. So that's what's also happening in the world where if we're using politics as an example, if you are only watching and spending time on democratic content, media, articles, videos, your, your favorite uh, left-leaning, you're, you're only going to see things that support that because Facebook doesn't want to show you anything from the right that might make you not like it and leave their platform and then now they're losing money. Right. So that's the problem. So the same thing in conservative. You spent all your time looking at conservative news, you're not going to see any left-leaning points of view or democratic points of view because people most likely don't like that unless you're in the middle where I have to actively seek out both. Right. So mine is curated with both because I want to see a democratic view and then a Republican view, a democratic view and then Republican view. Like I but like even like outside of politics too, anytime I'm talking about a product or maybe I Googled it just one time, the net, literally the next second that ad will be on my Facebook, that exact company that I just Googled. I'm not kidding. Yeah. It happens all well, the time. Yeah, they're listening to all that. Yeah. They're listening to us or if you look up uh even if you go to youtube and you type in like um dog greets soldier uh-huh if you spend 30 minutes watching dog greets soldier for 30 minutes video after video the next few days you will be recommended dog greets soldier because it, yeah. it, it makes sense they want to show you what you like like i don't want to go on to tiktok if i only see 19 year old boys doing dances <laughs> i'd be like i don't like this app <laughs> Right. No, so it I makes know. sense. Of course. But yet again, that's where people are arguing because they're like, you know, what, what do you do? And, and it's the same thing on mainstream media. It's like there are people who are like, I'm not watching Fox News or I'm not watching, you know, CNN because yeah. they know what they're going to get. Of course. So it, it's just this it's this f not fun, really. It's more interesting than fun to see what role Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, what role are they all going to play? And at what point? It, 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 you know, where do you draw the line and who's making these decisions? Well, it's whoever is the head of each company and whatever they believe, that's what they're going to. And that's the follow. argument, too, because yeah. they're saying, well, we're a private company. We can do what we want, yeah. which is true. But at the same time, you know, you're so big that they it, you're, don't care. You're They'll not... say, go make your own platform. Go do what you want. That's literally what happens. Yeah, and that's so, what, I guess what people have to do. But then you're going to start just having um, split platforms. Well, and I feel like it's going to get to the point where people are really going to have their hub as their own website because then they can do what they want, say what they want, if, if it gets to that. I think 90% but, but they're already doing that, but you're using YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as the net. To push. Like that's what we're eventually going to do. Yeah. It's like you're giving out all the content for free and then you're doing a premium service of your own company that you do a subscription model to. Even the New York Times. Yeah. I think to read their newspaper online, you have to pay $20 a month. 
Right? You know, the thing with New York Times that always drives me nuts is I'll click on an article on uh, Twitter from New York Times and I'll start reading it. And then it goes, you have to pay to keep reading. And I'm like, yeah. no, I, I think it's New York Times. Well, and, and that's and that's what I don't like. Yeah. You know, we experimented with that a little bit with our membership program where we did at least a bonus episode where we go, let's show a little and then move over. But I don't really like the paywall. I like giving everything for free, mm-hmm. but then having something more Yeah. where if you want to do $10 a month and do something more, you can. But New York Times basically goes, no, you're not getting anything. Uh-huh. But they're also the New York Times yeah, exactly. and they don't care. <laughs> so, um, but that's what everybody is eventually going to do. And then all of a sudden there's just tons of apps now. And it's also getting a little confusing. I was looking on my TV and they're like this new show on Peacock, but I don't pay for Peacock. I'm like, I'm not going to pay. I mean, how many Paramount plus discovery plus yeah. uh, Peacock. I yeah. mean, HBO, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. I mean, the list well, goes on. What the hell? It's interesting because I feel like obviously most people use Netflix and they generally have a lot of great stuff. I feel like the past couple months, it, for my taste per se, there really hasn't been much that I've enjoyed on there. Now, granted, I did read that they're coming out with new movies every single week this summer. Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. I have loved Netflix. I, I do too. I do too. I'm just saying the past few months for me personally, there wasn't a ton of content that I wanted to consume. And I ended up pivoting to Discovery Plus because they have all that reality trash shows that I like, you know? Yeah. And I started watching. I was like, oh, these are really good. These are up my alley. And then, you know, I remember I watched like Saved by the Bell, which the new class... Um, it might have been Peacock. And I had tried that at one point, then I canceled it. But I feel like we're getting to the point where we're so used to having so much stimulation that we're like, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. What else can I watch? And that's why all of these different streaming services are like, hey, we're going to offer you guys whatever you want and someone will come. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I mean, they're, I think the leading, I think the, I mean, I think Disney Plus, HBO, and Netflix, probably Hulu, are the leading. Yeah. Like Paramount and all of them. Like I eventually think it'll be bundled. I remember Andrew Schultz said that when we were in Pasadena. He goes, eventually, these are all going to break off into yeah. 100, 200 different apps. Or I don't remember what he said. I'm, now this is me talking. But like I think there's going to be 100 different things. And then there's going to be a conglomerate, which Amazon's already doing, mm-hmm. where it's like I think Stars, Showtime, is all included. Yeah. So eventually a Netflix, an Amazon, a Disney, someone is probably going to buy Peacock, Paramount, True, or who knows, so that when you pay $155 for Netflix, you get them all. And now right. you're back to cable. Right. So instead of channel 247, it's Netflix, Hulu. Now they each have a name because we stopped do. Oh, I guess we said that. It's on TBS at 7 o'clock. Yeah. It's on NBC. But what also is going to happen, which is I'm excited about is they're also going to start picking up individuals because we're going to carry a heavy load of of uh, subscribers and viewers oh, as well. Content, yeah. So imagine Netflix as they're scooping everything up and in five years we're big enough to be a contender. They might say, hey, Freddie and Alyssa, we're going to pay you X amount for a three years exclusive to bring all your content over to Netflix so then yeah. we can just say, hey, we're on Netflix. Yeah. So th- all of our viewers who are paying $10 a month or watching for free, it all goes to Netflix. We get paid. They own us for three years, but we get that platform. Right. And they're going to start, I think, picking up different 
um, creators yeah. because people are doing that. How many subscriptions are there to, to the New York Times or all these different video platforms that people are doing? Yep. So it's just scattered. But it also goes back to my point that like you and I don't need 1 million people. You, you just have to find like 10,000 super fans that in the world out mm -hmm. of 7 billion, just 10,000 super fans who want to go on a journey and create contact and self-fund at $10 is a million-dollar business where yeah. you can have your own productions, make your own movies, like do all the stuff. So I think the idea back in the day is that Tom Cruise was loved by 100 million people because you either were loved by 100 million and you were a star right. or you were just nobody yeah. in the content creation world, I'm saying, or in the film world. Yeah. But for us now, a musician just needs to find 10,000 people that will ride with them. We just need to find 10,000 people that will ride with us. Well, and it's just funny, though, when you have exposure, because I, funny enough, started watching on Netflix last night, The Circle. Have you heard of that? It's, an, mm -hmm. it's a new reality series where all of these contestants go into the house and they're all kind of competing um, and playing this game because they each are living in their own apartment in the same building. So they can't see one another. They're just texting. So they can pretend like this one woman was pretending to be her husband. And the whole goal is to be the last one standing and win 100K. Huh. So it's like more of a social game, social experiment. But they had this girl, Chloe, from Too Hot to Handle. Remember that Netflix reality show? Yes. And I looked her up on Instagram because I love seeing, you know, the following of what they've built. And she had 1.5 million followers and Chloe was on the circle. So it brought all of those followers, the 1.5 million to watch the circle, you know? Yes. And it's just so crazy to see how, now granted, I don't know if she's a content creator, but it's just interesting to see how because she had that platform, she now has 1.5 million followers who she probably can easily get the what is it 10,000 you said well it depends on what people want to do there, sure. there are three ways to do this one you are a personality like this girl 1.5 million doesn't do anything with it but people know if you hire her in a movie or a show mm -hmm. she's going to bring for free mm -hmm. 1.5 million ideally not all 1.5 million right. but just for hypothetically Maybe half of it we'll bring them over and they'll get that viewership and now netflix or if it's a tv show can charge advertising on those viewers but she's getting paid as an employee based on her numbers that's mm -hmm. number one is that you build like how we would in acting if we go, we're not going to do a podcast, we're not going to post pictures, partner with brands, nothing. We're not going to do any subscription model. We're just going to keep putting out content for free, building our following up so that a director or a producer will say, you have enough followers for my movie. Let's audition you. You're good. You're in. Yep. And I'm hired. Number two is you do what a lot of people are doing where you work with brands and sponsorships. So you have your 1.5 million, you're not trying to be employed, but you're working with fashion brands, you're putting on a necklace, they're paying you 10,000 for the post, you're doing new sneakers, you're getting free stuff, you're, do you're doing that route. Or what I really like is the subscription model. Mm -hmm. But the 1.5, you're not gonna get 1.5 people that are gonna pay five, 10, $15 a month for any premium service. It's a super low percentage. Yeah. But if you can build a 10,000, eventually a hundred thousand person funnel of people who love it because there's how many people who have netflix 150 million so and and this is this is the whole chicken and the egg story for us is that we can provide more value in our membership program when you have more money because you can put more premium content in that subscription right. 
And, so, and then we've even had comments where people say, oh, so we're paying you so that you can go do that. And I go, the reason Netflix is making movies is because we're all paying 15 a month. Yeah. If we all stop paying, Netflix closes. Yeah. Our $15 trust every month, they're taking that billions and billions of dollars per month and paying Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, all these people and making these films. Yeah. So but the more we build that $10 a month, we're gonna use that money to eventually make Unplugged if we have to, if we don't sell it, to make our own short little mini series. Like we're gonna create our own Netflix on a smaller scale. Right. And then all it takes is one big movie for big people to get interested and then you're a player in the game. And if not, we get to still do our podcasts and our vlogs and still make a living doing what we love. So it's not an all or nothing. Netflix is an all or nothing and they've won. <laughs> but these so. are just some things that are really like going on and, yeah. it, and it's a whole big industry and it's, you know, it's just like how the film industry was back in the day, but it's completely changed. Yeah. And, um, and so it's going to be really fun to see how it all goes. But I know you have to get going, so we have to cut this short. I know, guys. I'm so sorry on our third anniversary, too. But I have an appointment, you know, places to go, people to see. People to see. And then I'm going to go on a very long, after I edit this, I'm going to go on a very long hike. You are. Yes. A hike around the neighborhood. A hike around the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm going to get my steps in. Um, so it's going to be really great. And we, we love you all so much. Yeah. Thank you for being on this journey with us. We just crossed the three-year checkpoint, and this is so cool. So thank you all so much. We're uh, wishing you the most fabulous week ever. Yes. And um, we will see you soon. Bye.